0: Um, so yeah, I learned about this post-concussive chiropractor. So I make an appointment to see him because so again, I'm like, yeah, the concussion part sounds right. You know, um, I, I meet with this therapist who runs the long COVID it's recovery an injury group. to the brain. It's, it's a, just a different injury to the brain. Yeah. Injury, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I see this therapist and she tells me about the safe and sound protocol um ssp as it's known it's a specially engineered kind of music you listen to through headphones and it kind of vibrate vibrates through your ears and it stimulates your vagus nerve so this is when i start learning about the vagus nerve which i'm going to stop and sort of sidebar for a moment on the vagus nerve um i'm going to nerd out on the nerve anyone who knows me like knows (laughs) that i have a lot yeah I'm, i'm like i love the vagus nerve so the vagus nerve um it's okay, a, first question,
1: vagus yes. or vagal?
0: I think you can say either one. Um, okay. I've heard more commonly vagus nerve, um, but you can use vagal to refer to like what the vagus nerve does. I think either one's considered okay. correct, okay. Um, but I usually hear vagus. And yeah, it's a giant nerve, and it's called vagus. It comes from the Latin, which means to wander. So if you think of words like vagrant um, okay. or vagabond, yeah. right? So they do of wandering, because it wanders all throughout your body. Um, and there's a chart at my neurologist's office. I'll get to my neurologist in a moment that shows it. And I just look at it every time I'm there now. And I'm like, wow, this nerve is so amazing. So it starts in your brainstem and it goes down. So, you know, it's a, a cranial nerve. It's a part of your brain. It travels down from your brain. It connects to your throat. So if there's issues with the thyroid, sometimes it can be connected to that. I think, is that where your thyroid is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or, even just like I was having trouble. I was kind of like hoarse and almost losing my voice soon after for a little bit after I got COVID. So I think it was rela- related to that as well. Um, so like anything with your voice or p- some people have issues with swallowing, that can be related. It continues down. It connects to your heart. So that's why like when you're having these heart rate issues where your heart can't move in between and get into, you know, a more elevated state, move back to a resting state. It's because... The, the vagus nerve isn't communicating effectively with the heart. It also is connected to the lungs, so I think it can help regulate breathing in um, the diaphragm, I believe. And then it also connect, continues down and connects to your digestive system. Um, and I was having some very weird digestive issues. Also kind of early on, like I'd had IBS in the past, and I basically went to remission because I've worked with my diet and other things, and it, feel like, it felt like it came back with a vengeance like for a little bit after I had COVID, like I just wasn't digesting food. It felt like it was just like sitting like a rock um, in my stomach or just things were like, felt very difficult to digest. So yeah, the vagus nerve um, if it is not functioning properly, it can affect all. So this is why we see, you know, I learned long COVID some of these other conditions a vast array the of symptoms, constellation. a constellation yeah. of symptoms. Yeah. And that's why I'm, You know, like chronic fatigue is such a limiting name. Okay.
1: So we're not going to pretend like we didn't just take a break. We did, um, because we work a good program. We stopped to eat. So exactly brought the vagus nerve going to the heart.
0: Yeah. So yeah, so I learned about the vagus nerve where it can actually help regulate your heart rate. So if your heart rate is staying elevated or doing kind of wacky things um, we have palpitations that can be related to the vagus nerve Um, yeah i think i mentioned it also is connected to the lungs can help regulate your breathing and also um, helps regulate your digestion so if you feel like you like have indigestion or you know ibs or those issues can be related Um, and also i think there's some this part i need to look at again but I think there is some regulation with like endocrine system and hormones as well, if I remember correctly. Um, so yeah. And all this to say, I'll probably end up repeating this. Like it's all one system people it's all connected. So I understand the specialization into different body parts, but this is all one system Mm -hmm. and the mind is the body and the body is the mind. Like that is all one system. Um, So yeah, I learned about this protocol where you can listen to this music that helps stimulate the vagus nerve. So I start doing that with this therapist and you can basically do that at home. Like you need to meet with them first and they kind of like, they teach you about what's called polyvagal theory. Mm -hmm. Stephen Porges is the name of this doctor who I think really pioneered that. And there's also a doctor named Deb Dana. You can actually look at a lot of this um, on YouTube. I think there's different videos on it, which is one of the things I did. Um, which teaches you, like, there's sort of yeah, different le- levels of, well, I think, like, vagal activation. Um, and it's also the idea this is where I, it helped me learn that it's not, like, sympathetic nervous system bad, parasympathetic good, right? Like, there are reasons to go into your sympathetic nervous system mm-hmm. and just a normal life, but it's being able to move back and forth between those. Like, that's what it, also the, um, the vagus nerve helps you do. So, yeah, I'm learning about this. I'm starting to listen to this music. Just a few minutes a day. It's very subtle. You know, I can't really tell right away if it's helping, but it is like something you have to start doing every day. And you can just listen to the music for a few minutes today. And I'm checking in with this therapist along the way. Um, This is another like God shot where, again, if I look back on the journey. So, one of my kids, we call them their Portland grandparents, they um, watch my kids all the time. And one of them um, brought home. A business card one day and this is when I'm you know, I'm doing so many things. I'm spending all my time like researching You know looking up different treatments doing the ketamine Like Was it it,
1: if we were doing meditations together too.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah doing yeah the meditations with Nicole like, you know I'm just like this is if I want to get better like I'll do anything so, mm. you know, I'm Spending all this time doing this and so she brings home this business card from her hair salon where she had talked to somebody about what i had been going through and again this like ongoing fatigue Um, I mentioned to Stephanie when we were off the record, um, that I forgot to mention, I had like a burning sensation in my brain. Like it felt like my brain was on fire and that would sort of come and go. Um, that was all part of it too. And, you know, she just talked about kind of like this ongoing, and this was like a couple months in by this point, I think, um, these symptoms I'm having and the owner of the salon, her stylist writes down the name of this neurologist that she knows. I think they're actually just friends or something like that. So I put that card away because I'm like, I've already got so many irons in the fire. I'm just kind of like, okay, let me work on these things. And I sort of forgot about it for a little bit, but I go and I pick it up again one day and I just look at it and like, it says functional neurologist. And I know sort of, I learned on the long COVID support group, like you know, a lot of people are seeing neurologists, sort of the standard ones that, yeah, they give like, they give you an MRI. And MRIs can be great, you know, or CT scans. But again, they're limited. They can only show certain things. So a lot of people are getting like, they're having all these weird symptoms, but they're getting back like, your MRI is normal. So I didn't even bother. At this point, I've like, I've stepped away from standard medicine because I know I've, they've given me the information they could. My, you know, my vitals and those kind of things are what they call normal. Um, So I'm like, okay, let's continue down this alternative route. So yeah, I see this name, Functional Neurologist. I'm like, okay, what is that all about? So I just call her. Um, and the first sign as well, and then she's at a chiropractic office, is that she just starts talking to me on the phone. You know, it wasn't just like, oh, well, you need to make an appointment. Like she just starts asking me, you know, what's going on. I tell her about like, yeah, I've got this like burning sensation in my head. I'm um, you know, not sleeping well. I'm so tired. I'm like anxious. I'm listing off, you know, all these different things. And she's like, oh yeah, this is a thing. Like a virus, as she called it, I love her language, can stomp on like your nerves and cause this damage. Like viruses can cause damage like this in your body. And she does treatments to address it. So I'm just like, okay, when can I see you? In the car, on my way. Yeah. And that was another godshot thing where like a lot of these appointments I made would take like weeks to wait for them. Or like I'm paying so much money out of pocket for these different things. I could see her the next week and I call my insurance and they even cover her. I'm just like, this is like the first easy thing right. in this journey that has happened. So I go to see her and she's a, the a, another person who tells me all about the vagus nerve. She's got charts of the vagus nerve all over. She also has these amazing charts of the brain. I've taken pictures of them um, that I love in her office. And yeah, she does these tests on me. She does a test where she puts these dark goggles on me And so I can't see any light. There's a little camera on there. She can see this camera on her computer. And she watches the movements of my eyes. And as soon as I put, like, seconds in after I put these goggles on, she goes, oh, yeah, yep, I see it. I'm just like, what? What? (laughs) (laughs) And she shows me on the, the footage on this camera. My eyes are drifting, like, to the left and then darting back to the right. And they're drifting to the left and then darting back. Like, that's not something your eyes should be doing. It's called nystagmus. And that is one indication of vagus nerve damage or brainstem damage, is what she called it. So I'm feeling, you know, just to have someone when she, the tone yeah. of her voice, the way she said, "Yes, I see it. There is something happening." I'm just going, "Thank, thank you. you, yeah. Oh my God, yeah. you know, thank you." There's someone who is like acknowledging that I have, you know, she's like, "You basically have damage to your brain." She did a few other tests as well. She did what's called a tilt table test, which is. I learned a lot about on the long COVID group, um, which is what they do for POTS. Again, that condition, if you like stand up and your heart rate goes really high. And so I don't have POTS, but I do have some elevation, kind of like a mild, really mild version of it. So that also showed her, she's like, your vagus nerve isn't doing its job. It is not communicating and like telling your heart, like, okay, you know, on blood pressure, you need to go up to help you know keep everything regulated. It's like, it's not doing its job. So your heart's trying to compensate. She did a few other things where she was like testing my movement, kind of bilateral movement in different directions. Um, And yeah, she said, you've got cranial nerve damage, you know, basically you know, mostly vagus nerve damage. And it just, yeah, it was so validating. And I've been telling people, this is my nutshell version. You know, I'm like, COVID gave me brain damage. (laughs) Like, (laughs) and you know, this is something that people need to know, not that it's going to happen to everybody. I'm not saying that to be hyperbolic or to scare people, but like, you can get weird things that will happen to you like after a virus. And I'm not yeah. just talking about COVID, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, these types of things. And again, knowing the systems of your body help you understand that. And you know, like, Oh, it's, it's damaged some nerves in my brain. And that's why I'm having these symptoms. So I start seeing her twice a week to get vagus nerve stimulation. It's very simple. It's on the tragus, that little part of your ear that sticks out in the front. They just clip it on and it's these two little, they, um, the wires come down from the tragus and I just hold on to this little device. It's like this tiny little electrical stimulator. They put it on, <clears throat> excuse me, on like one amp. I can't feel anything. She's like, if you can feel it, it's too strong. Like you right. don't want to freak your vagus nerve out. So it's very <laughs> subtle. So I can't feel anything while I'm doing it. And she has me on the tilt table because she has me at the threshold of where she has felt my heart rate kind of increase. Cause she's like, oh, that's where like, we need to work in that sort of zone. zone. So I've been doing that for the last couple months. And again, that's a slow process. And she kind of checks me every time. She'll ask how I'm doing. But I've noticed some like very gradual improvement along the way. And I just shared last week when I saw her last Friday, she tilted me up to a higher angle this time. And she's like, look at you. Your heart's not freaking out and she also she checks my pulse every time and my resting heart rate was the lowest it has been since I've been seeing her wow so that's a really good sign it means that like vagus yeah. nerve is communicating yeah. again like everything's calming down right my nervous system is working well again and I could feel it too yeah like I was telling can, her she can see it and you can see it mm-hmm. like in your life that's mm-hmm. just yeah so cool yeah like just to like I have felt you know every sort of week I have continue to reach a new baseline and I'll talk about other reasons for that as well but yeah to have someone confirm that oh, from yeah. what she's saying it's really validating and she's just like yay you know she's so positive she's like I just want to you know I'm cheering for you here so you know she's one of my um I've been saying how it's taken a village to help me heal you know she's one of my yeah my tribe's people um and let's see what's so, I might want to get into brain retraining now because that I think is the other big piece. I was about to say. So, yeah. Then... That kind of leads me to we've been talking about the brain more, the vagus nerve. Um, yeah. So, another thing I started hearing about on the long COVID support group, and this is another thing I started doing at least maybe three months ago. You know, I'd been sick but since COVID more acutely for at least two months by then. And I made a point to only look up recovery stories because I was getting freaked out by the negative information. I'm like, I know this is not helping me. I just want to hear. I need proof, just like Nicole and I were talking about. I need proof that there are people out here who have gone through things like this and they have recovered. So I just started looking up. There's some people on the long COVID group that would support, that would post things. And then I just started like Googling and I found that there's some great health channels out there. Some people who've recovered from chronic fatigue and now they're out there helping others and talking about different things that have helped them and they interview different people. So I found some of them and I would just listen to like at least one a day. Sometimes, you know, it's just like when you're early in the rooms or different different times of recovery where you're like, I'm going to a meeting every day or I'm like listening to speaker, you know, speaker tapes. And that's what it kind of became for me. I'm like, these are my speaker tapes. I just need like constant reassurance that like recovery Recovery is is possible. possible. It is possible. I'm seeing it in these people. They have gone through what I'm going through. So I'm doing that. I hear at least one version where someone mentions a brain retraining program and he this guy specifically had covid he was like a young healthy guy um talks about his journey with that and uses brain retraining to help himself recover i also see some things on the long covid support group people posting about some brain retraining programs and one called dnrs in particular and i just said I, I think i would looked at the website at one point again i'm doing so many things i'm just like I kind of read through it. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, it's some kind of training. I don't really know. I, I didn't look into it too much. And I just thought, I just don't know if I have the energy for that right now. Let me keep doing these other things. But I, as I kept listening to these stories, like they kept coming up, these brain retraining programs. Like they, they sort of just kept resurfacing in people's stories. And so, you know, I figured I'd, I'd been doing like the acupuncture work and the naturopath, and I'm doing the, the vagus nerve uh, treatment. And I just thought, okay, let me look at this brain retraining. And and since I knew that like neurologically that was the, the origin of my Mm -hmm. issues. I'm like, if this is brain retraining, then like, I know this, you know, the problem originates in my brain. So let me look at this. So I, I look more into it. Um, I look into this one woman's website. Um, she healed from chronic fatigue and talks about her experience with DNRS. And I just thought, you know what, let me just try it. It was another thing of like, sort of a leap of faith, faith but i'd also had enough indications like i think this is worth trying and i think i talked to nicole about it as well where i'm like okay it's something that you're supposed to do every day for six months you there's an initial sort of seminar that you you can do it you can attend it at home you can either order these dvds where you watch this seminar There i don't know if they're doing any in-person ones right now but they do have those available, um, but you can just stream it. That's what I did um, where it's like three, they have it in three days of material. I think I did it actually over like at least seven days because it was a lot of material, but you can just watch it at your own pace. So you you, know, you do that and then you start doing these practices and they recommend that you you know, should commit to doing them every day for six months. And I remember feeling like whew, six months, but again, it was a lot like, I wanna also say, even though I was like, fuck you, God, I've been doing, you know, I've been in recovery for 13 years. Why is this happening? I started to see how my recovery allowed me to engage in my, um, my journey more deeply. Like I've been thinking, you know, my 12 step experience so much along the way, because I think that's partially been one of the things that has accelerated my recovery. Maybe, I don't know, compared to some other people. So I just want to pause here because
1: again, at my 13 years, yes, I, you know, while I'm decimated, you know, the trauma memory surface, I'm decimated my, and it was the perfect storm, you know, the trauma memory, it wasn't just the trauma memories, the trauma memories was, was the blow that, you know, shattered me. Mm-hmm. But but my body had I had been tired for years, mm-hmm. but I didn't know how to slow down because my adrenaline was running so high all the time. Mm-hmm. So when even when I was like on disability, shit was falling apart all around me, and it was like 13 years to get here, I knew that yeah, Nick, it took 13 years. For you to work down Mm -hmm. to this core level Mm -hmm. of healing. Strata after strata after strata after strata. Yes. So even though I was saying I worked this hard to get fucking here. Mm -hmm. I knew the answer was Mm -hmm. yes. I worked this Mm -hmm. hard to fucking get here. Yeah. To get to this raw core level yes. yes and so
0: yeah like we wouldn't have been able to get there any no. other way right
1: well and also that like <clears throat> so again just to pause to that you know a little bit is i had been praying every day please i i did my own third step prayer at the time you know what i mean which was please god help me get closer to you so please god Help me heal anything or remove anything between me and you. Mm -hmm. Between who I am today and the loving, compassionate, kind person that I can be. Anything that's in the way of that, please help me heal it, remove it, Mm -hmm. whatever. And in my case, it was like these core trauma memories that i didn't know anything about i i had all the signs and symptoms of them but i didn't really want to look at it unconsciously so it was like okay and and it doesn't have to be trauma memories yours wasn't trauma memories but Mm -hmm. again just like getting down to you know putting down the warrior shield yes um putting down like all of the, the you know the work addiction, The address, putting it all down
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and getting to a place where, okay, I'm going to look at these core, core issues, and you can't do that the day that you walk into the room. Yeah. You don't have the support. <laughs> yeah. You don't have the information. No. You don't have the experience that you need, yeah. that you and I both needed, that it's like, I have 13 years of experience that tells me... Yeah. That if I do this, I will come out the other side. That doesn't mean that while I'm in it, I don't have moments of like, and that's what sponsors are for. Or in our cases, I had Sela, you had me, where it's like, you will get through this, Mm -hmm. you will get through this, because I have moments where I'm like, I don't think I'm gonna make it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think I'm gonna make it. Yeah. You know, and there's you know, Sela for me, me for you, going. You are going to make it. You are going to make it because you feel isolated and alone. Yeah. But you are not isolated and alone. And I don't mean that there's just me there or all of these people in physical bodies. There is a healing force that you are connecting to, you know, in your faith and in your practice, whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it. And as long as you stay connected to that, that healing force will move you forward it never has moved me forward at the rate that I want it to. Right. And everyone is different. So <laughs> right. I can't even compare to other people Yeah. where it's like, why is it moving her forward at a faster pace than mine? Why am yeah. I still, you know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. So,
0: Yeah. you know, yeah. Um, yeah. I remember those conversations with you where it's like you, you sort of believed for me in some of those moments, right? Where it's like, I, I guess I can intellectually believe, but I wasn't really feeling that in my core. But mm-hmm. since Nicole was there saying like, I believe and I believed her, like I believe that she believed. yeah, <laughs> you know? And that was enough. Um, yeah.
1: And that's what I did with Sella. I believed that Sella believed.
0: Yeah. And that was enough. And yeah. that was enough. Yeah.
1: You know, so again, it wasn't just all of these things. So going back to like reading all of this stuff, you're reading these books, retraining the brain. And then you had the, because this is what we sort of sidebarred off of, you had the muscle memory Yes. of recovery.
0: Yes, yeah, and so, yeah, I think for me, right. And you applied the same... Principles is yes. to some degree. The
1: discipline, yes, the faith the practice, like yes. you gotta do this every day. Right. You don't necessarily believe what people are telling you, but what fucking choice do you have? Right. The alternative is like not working for you. And yeah you're here
0: to save your life. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It felt a little bit like one of the last houses on the block. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But but where else do I have to go? And I could see how you know plenty of people look at that and they're like, What, you want me to do this for six months every day? I'm out. But it's like, I had to do that when I came into the rooms. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I had to do that with, you know, whether you're going to meetings or doing step work or talking to your sponsor. It's yeah. Like, this is the long game. So it's yeah. like, okay, I can play the long game. So yeah, I'm so grateful for the muscle memory of recovery because I think that just, it gave me the willingness to mm-hmm. try this. Yeah. And and just, and they do say there's like a money back guarantee if you try it for six months and then, you know, yeah you're not... Which, by the way,
1: Becoming in AA, they say
0: the same thing. We'll I know. Refund your misery. <laughs> exactly. You know what <laughs> you mean? Exactly. Anytime. Exactly. You know
1: what <laughs> I mean? Oh, yeah. So much
0: of this has really reminded me of 12-step, where I'm like, this is just like a paid version. Because you have to pay for these programs, and I understand why, um, but it feels like a paid version. Well, why don't you explain that? So, yeah. And
1: also, Stacy's going to talk about one, but before you finish your story, just so you know, and I don't think I don't know that I shared this with Stacy right away. She tells me she's gonna do this thing, right? Yeah. I have to practice my Al-Anon program of trusting her process, but of course I'm her sponsor and I'm Mama Bear. So, unbeknownst to Stacy, I go on the internet. <laughs> I fucking research all this shit. I'm like, what crackpot bullshit? You know what I mean? You know? And yeah. and I was like, okay, okay. You know, there's more than one that Stacey did because, of course, as soon as like money was involved, I was like, hold on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, who's fucking trying to, yeah. you know, sell some shit? And my friends are supporting me in this. Like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. So Stacey's going to talk about the one that she did. There are other... I will mention the other ones, too. The other yeah. ones. Yeah. And so, anyway, so... Yeah. So, I did do that research. I was like... So, I did two things. Number one, I just ex- did worked my program around, which I do with all of my sponsees, all of my friends, which is, you know, I am not your higher power. I do not know what is best for you. Mm-hmm. I have a woman of my... I have my own experience that I take responsibility for, and then I share. Your path may not look like my path. So I, ultimately for me, it's like Stacy has a relationship to her own higher power. That's actually none of my business. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And where her higher power leads her is also none of my business. My business is to practice loving Stacy through her journey, wherever it leads to and practicing having faith um, in her own strength in her relationship, and to, and to practice that every day. And also, in a mama bear way, to go over here and look. Now, I'm not, like, let's say that I did read some crazy bullshit about this, because I did, with the boom mm-hmm. reviews, and we'll get into that. At no point, Stacy's a grown-ass woman. You know what I mean? I don't go, well, I read these book reviews and blah, 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 mm-hmm. I'm like, keep, you know, Father Tom says, keep me posted.
0: Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean?
1: <laughs> keep me posted. Let me know. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, yeah. um, so anyway, so that's not, that's going on. Stacey didn't have any idea about this. Mm-hmm. I think I might've mentioned it. You
0: a mentioned something to me about it.
1: All yeah. I mentioned to her was like, yeah, I, I did some research. Yeah. I think I came, brought it down to like, oh yeah, I looked into it. <laughs> yeah. But you know, and but I'm like on the internet, like who's fucking trying to take my baby girl and you know what I mean? like you know what I mean? Like you know <laughs> She's
0: already suffered so much. But I know.
1: You know what I mean? I had my moments. You know what I mean? You up. Yeah. Yeah. So That's anyway I love Nicole so much. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah. yeah. Okay, so we're now we're getting into that you found a particular one. I found
0: a particular one, which I'll talk about. But I just want to say about brain retraining in general. Yeah, this again to go back to that idea of like sort of the next wave of neuroscience, and I think brain retraining is part of that. You know, it's come out of research in really the last two decades about neuroplasticity, um, and so there's several programs out there. I chose to do one called the Dynamic Neural Retraining System, known as DNRS, and I'll talk about the specifics of that in a moment. There are others. There's one called GUPTA, which is by a doctor named um, Ashok Gupta. There's another one called ANS Rewire, which I think stands for like Autonomic Nervous System Rewire. Um, there's also something called the Lightning Process, which I think is kind of a brain retraining thing that I've heard about. And one called Primal Trust, which is by a woman who originally did DNRS and she kind of developed her own program, which has like some different elements. So they're similar. They all, and it felt a little bit to me, it's almost like they're different branches of the 12 steps, right? Where it's like you go to an OA meeting and you're going to get sort of one type of language and one version. You go to an Al-Anon meeting, you're going to get, you know, different version ACA. AA and so on, but they all have like the same common goal and kind of like common principles. That's what I gather of all these brain retraining programs. So I think they all have a lot to offer and it doesn't really matter which one you choose. I think a lot of it has to do with, and you can like Google, you know, or look up, there's videos of the, the different facilitators or the founders of these programs. And it's kind of like, which one resonates with you the most, you know? And again, they do have some slightly varying elements. Um, but yeah, so I looked at DNRS and um, yeah, I went ahead and started doing, you know, I ordered the, you could just do it at home. You just stream the videos. You know, I started taking in the, the three-day seminars, they call it at the beginning. So first they're just educating you on the brain, on, you know, neuroscience and neuroplasticity. And yeah, first it's, um, you know, just going into like in like your autonomic nervous system and you have your sympathetic, which any of us with a trauma background generally know about, but it's often our default state, right? The fight or flight or freeze. Mm-hmm. Um, and as Nicole and I have talked a lot about with like inside out characters, you know, the characters from that Pixar movie, you know, that would be like fear, the character of fear and anger is also part of it. Oh, or definitely. like, yeah. they're both like operating the sympathetic, you know, they're just like, okay, there's a threat. We are responding. Um, it's also, that's based in your limbic system, which is the, uh, what we, people often call the primitive brain or the animal brain. It's like the oldest part of our brain, yeah. you know, because it's what from the most the
1: reptilian. Brain.
0: Yeah. Or it's sometimes called the, the reptilian brain, like the earliest humans. It's kind of like the basis of our brains where, you know, we just weren't responding to threats in our environment. Um, and then we have the parasympathetic, which is known as the rest and digest system, you know, so we're supposed to be able to move in and out of those states um, not be in either of those states all the time. Again, it's not like sympathetic is bad mm-hmm. and parasympathetic is good. We're supposed to be able to move in and out of these states. And again, to take it back to the inside out characters, you know, I think of parasympathetic as where joy, you know, mm-hmm. joy helps operate that state. Um, you know, so it's where we feel safe, we can relax. Um, so, and that involves, you know, some other parts of the brain. It's when we get our like prefrontal cortex involved to where we can, you know, process um logical thought into our right brain you know where that's more sensory based and Mm -hmm. like creativity that kind of thing so um yeah so i'm learning about that and and i'm also learning about kind of like the the stress load that the brain and body can carry and this goes back to some things we talked about previously where if you experience adverse childhood um what, ACEs, as they're called, right? Adverse, Adverse tar- childhood experiences. experiences. Yeah. Um, so that's going to add a certain level of stress, right? And even if you process and work on that, like, that has like altered your neural pathways in exactly. some way. And, you know, you grow up and maybe you've experienced other types of trauma um, and just general stress, right? Mm-hmm. So again, we we experience stress differently than how early humans did, where it's like you're running, a, you know, away from the lion and then you're safe and then you're Parasympathetic takes over we experience more of kind of like a chronic stress and so that's you know adding to our load And then
1: let's say a major historical event occurs
0: right <laughs> yeah and yeah and then you have you know things that come along um, <laughs> once in a in a century yeah when you have things like a pandemic and a climate emergency a global a, yeah global pandemic
1: Global um, climate emergency. Yeah. yeah.
0: Political upheaval. Um ongoing injustices and inequities that mm-hmm. are more clearly revealed through yeah. all of this, right? Various tragedies. Um, and we're all yeah, taking in all of this. Oh, and by the way, our brain also has an innate negativity bias, and that is part of our survival, right? It's scanning for threats, it's looking for like, oh that hurt me last time, I'm gonna focus on that. Um and so we, we, re- we react and are more, you know, likely to kind of hook into negative things, you know, in a frequent example that we can just see in our daily lives is like, say you have a performance review at work, your boss tells you five glowing things about you and like goes into detail, they give one piece of constructive criticism. And what do you walk away thinking about from that meeting? Mm -hmm. And like in the weeks and even months afterward, right? It's not the five glowing, you know, pieces of, of praise. It's that constructive criticism because our brain is designed to be like, okay, well, how do I like solve this problem? How do I address this? You know, that's kind of seen as a threat, even like Mm -hmm. criticism in that way. So our brains are just wired to work that way. And I bring that up because, you know, we have this, through these last few years, we've had that like negative information coming at us really 24 seven, right? 24 hour news cycle and onslaught. And, you know, it's activating, activating, activating. So yeah, we've got this stress load and it, you know, we can take a certain amount at a certain point. (laughs) We reach saturation. Yeah, we've reached saturation. And this is what in the DNRS program they call a limbic system injury or a limbic system impairment. So it causes your limbic system to become so overactivated. This is what we often think of kind of as PTSD, that it's in constant threat scanning mode. And it starts to see even things like like a running refrigerator as a threatening kind of sound. Uh Um, It becomes... And it, it actually can physically get larger. So there are studies that have shown like the amygdala, which is part of the limbic system, can physically grow because it, it's just like working a muscle, right? It's being yeah. worked so much, it's like, well, I'm going to get stronger and like become a right. bigger part of the brain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so,
1: Hence the NASA satellite
0: dish. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And it, it takes over of like, all right, I'm yeah scanning all of this. So it gets into what they call limbic system trauma loops. And, and this is where we um have to look at both the body and the mind. So another thing to know about the brain or the mind, I should say more particularly, is that like the conscious mind is like 5 to 10% of our mind, like at the most. The subconscious, you know, 90 to 95% of our mind is subconscious. So if we have this limbic system that's overactivated, it can start just like activating on its own, um, something that we're not even consciously aware of, right? It can, it starts to get so used to, it pumps out like the stress hormones of cortisol and adrenaline, and it can get so used to that, that the, the, the body is also so used to that and the neural pathways are so deep, it's like, why are we not pumping just, out? Up to sure of my cortisol chart. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've heard about your cortisol chart. <laughs> Do you want to say something about your quarterbacks uh, it's just, on the top? Uh, well, I, I like thought I should get a prize or something because my naturopath was like, I've never seen one that looks like this.
1: It's actually her quarter. So while Stacey's going through all this, so let's go ahead and do a little bit. Oh, flip. sorry. <laughs> uh, no, no, this yeah. is perfect. <laughs> you no, know, this would be
0: a great time to talk about yeah, it. Yeah.
1: So while Stacey's going through all this, so in January, my recovery and wife and I are like, let's go through the workbook together and we start having conversations about uh work you know what i mean and which is your one of your bigger stressors um we start so you're starting to have you're not starting you are having stuff happen that you are now sharing with me that i didn't know before and I'm recognizing stuff,
0: Uh uh you know
1: what I mean, and then you, and through the course of our conversations, you go and you get the cortisol at the naturopath, and you show it to me, so not only does, um, you know, your naturopath say it, but if you actually look at the chart, um, I don't even know how to verbally describe it, (laughs)
0: other than, like, (laughs) so, because. Here,
1: here was, you know, I think mine was like six years in, six years of me doing my own recovery. And so if you just see like a picture of a wave, like a dip and then a crest. And normally, um, you know, your cortisol and then, it, and then it's supposed to go down. And I think like in the morning, your cortisol is supposed to rise because we're waking up. Or whatever, it has a dip organically in the afternoon, which is why we're all like, "Oh, I need a, another cup of coffee," which is not a good response. But that that's that kind of three o'clock time mm-hmm. period, and then it it has a it goes up a little bit, and then your cortisol, and you know, not mine, not yours, not whatever, is supposed to go down in the evening so you could sleep. <laughs> and there's a little graph like. So imagine you're looking at a piece of paper. It's a square, and there is this picture of a wave that goes. It's up, it goes down, it goes up, and then it goes down. S- Stephanie shows me her cortisol. It starts at the fucking ceiling, <laughs> and it stays there. <laughs> I mean, I'm not joking, you guys. Like If you can see the chart, she, her first one that she took in the morning, cortisol is like, on the fucking ceiling, <laughs> you know what I mean, and it doesn't dip all day. Cause you to do the cortisol test, you take the test in the morning, like every like three hours or something. I had to take the same one so that they can track like where your cortisol levels are throughout the day. Stephanie's are in the on the ceiling throughout the entire fucking day, and so, I wonder why the refrigerator is making me right now. This text. now let's. Let's pause here to tie. This is perfect because this was the recovery thing. So you are. It's six months today. <laughs> six months I've today. Six
0: months. Woo-hoo! <laughs> oh my God! It First... feels like yesterday. We were just talking about like sixty days or ninety days. Yes. Wow. So, yes. So the rel is so
1: happy. Six months. But here's the relevance. First six months. Stephanie had been trying to get abstinence for like three or four years well when you have Adrenaline coursing through your body the foods that you're trying to calm your system down Mm -hmm. What do you reach for you reach for carbohydrates and sugar? Sugar. So Mm -hmm. for three years Stephanie had been trying to get abstinent Mm -hmm. she would give up the sugar and the carbs and then she'd just be left with no support, mm-hmm. no one else, no me too, church of me too, which is me with Stephanie saying, oh my God, I know exactly what's going on. You know what I mean? And so this time when she puts down the the sugar and the white flour and the carbs period, she's having a witness to her experience where all of a sudden her anxiety is going through the roof because I had gone through this. Mm -hmm. I was like, I sent her the adrenal exhaustion um, pamphlet that Christine Northrup had written back in the day. And I'm like, read this. It's like, here are your symptoms. She's like, check, 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 go see a naturopath, you know? And so get the cortisol, you know, Mm -hmm. which shows the chart. So where we're at today is, which is how we started, is that Stephanie's now at the place of like, you know, okay, how am I supposed to do this? Mm -hmm. How am I supposed to be sober and abstinent where I am putting down my medication that I have been using, thank God for it, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? That has calmed my system down So that I can function, have a fucking job, you know what I mean, and do all this stuff. And now you want me in recovery, because of course our substances come at huge costs, especially over the years. P.S., we'll get into this later, Stephanie has no fucking thyroid, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean, which is a complicating issue. But again, she's like, okay, how am I supposed to fucking do this? Which is why we want to do this podcast and continue mm-hmm. to do this podcast and to continue to have these conversations. So Stephanie, is there anything you want to kind of add? Just that, yeah, it is interesting. I mean, because, you know, in Stacy's specific experience, this is like long COVID related, but there's, I mean, there's so many tie-ins to, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the PTSD and the, um, you know, adverse childhood events. And I mean, I think all of these phenomena, um, you know, have similar, you know, um, pathologies or whatever, and also like similar, um, you know, recovery modalities. Mm-hmm. So, um, d- and that's why I've been, you know, so excited to, to learn what stacy has been teaching us. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And just to reiterate, um, what I learned in this program is that it, the brain doesn't even exactly differentiate between the types of stress. So with this type of limbic system injury and the people that I've heard who have recovered using this program, they have all kinds of different experiences. Some people have had mold illness yeah. and their bodies reacted. Some people have had Lyme disease. Did you just say mold illness? Mold illness. So like if you have black mold, yeah. um, you know, and you can actually get sick from that. Yeah. Mm. But there is a, a version of that where people stay chronically ill and like they're actually tested and there's no mold in their body anymore, but they're still having all these reactions. Yeah. Their house has been remediated. All that stuff is happening. Their brain is still like reacting, thinking that mm. there's danger. Whatever's pushed you over that threshold yeah and and all sorts of things can push you over that threshold you're now over the threshold and Mm want to get back down below it exactly
1: and the thing that i want to i've said it before but is we're also all women Mm -hmm. that i'm thinking of who whether it was a one-time powerful uh disruptive experience Mm -hmm. uh an experience that happened for a few years and then stopped, or yeah. um, growing up in a alcoholic home. Mm-hmm. We're all women where our bodies developed under stressful experiences. Yes. So again, that's where the adverse childhood experience. So I'm also gonna dilate here to explain why we keep saying that. It's, it's a new, relatively new um, measurement of um, how many adverse childhood experiences you have had, and then you kind of get a score, um, and it's just a way to gauge how that may affect your... Reflected
0: in my cortisol chart. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But
1: also for, for, it comes from doctors, like trying to understand what kind of body you are bringing to the table. So for example, someone who has, and it's pretty common to have one or two, um, I hear sometimes people say like three adverse, like moving, divorce, something like major surgery, you know, so two, two to three is kind of like pretty common. And it's just a way for a doctor to kind of know like, okay, you're coming in with an illness and you're saying you're sick and I need to know what kind of body you have. Mm -hmm. Oh, what's your ACE score, it's two to three. Mm -hmm. And then there are those of us who it's like, check, 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 check. You know, sexual assault, divorce, uh, violence in the home, blah blah, and so we have a higher ACE score, which means that our bodies developed under very stressful conditions, mm-hmm. and that makes us susceptible mm-hmm. to different kinds of illnesses. Mm-hmm. So that's what why we keep saying ACE score, right. you know, or our you know adverse childhood experience.
0: Right. Yeah, because those are setting the stage. They're already creating neural pathways and yes. some reactions in the limbic system from an early age. And then again, um, all of these different types of stress accumulate. And they can be a gradual accumulation. And then it can be, this is where we talk about the perfect storm, where everybody has a slightly different perfect storm. Yeah. But it's a, a collection of experiences. And some have been gradual over years. And then sometimes it's one acute event. Like for me, COVID pushing everything over the edge. Right. Uh, Like whatever the thing that makes the dam break, right? Some people, it can also be things like um, car accidents, specifically like concussion. Yeah. um, Other types of like physical injury, um, viruses. Yeah. yeah, Illnesses. Getting a
1: major illness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you've got the like initial sort of um, experience, but then what leads to chronic illness is this over activation of the limbic system or what they call limbic system impairment and another way i've been thinking about this analogy a little bit is like thinking of your body and mind like at this beautiful temple right kind of using the idea of like the body is the temple idea but you know i think about it's like this beautiful place right all these things happen there there's place there's a place for joy and for connection and um you know it's all of our experiences and part of that what comes with this temple is this special army and this army helps protect the temple, right? And it's always part of it. It's meant to be there. Um, and at, you know, some point there is an attack on the temple, you know, some kind of violation of the temple. So the army's like, okay, well we really need to like heighten our vigilance here. And then maybe there's like something else that comes along, you know, some other event um, or attack on the temple. And then the army says, well we need to increase our numbers. We need to add to our weapons. And we need to start diverting resources from the temple and the, the other functions of the temple so we can build up our ranks. Mm-hmm. So we're going to we're gonna take away some cleaning services and we're going to take away you know, some people who were like cooking meals in the temple. They're going to now be part of the army. We're going to start diverting all these resources for the rest of the functioning of the temple for this army. And so the temple starts to fall into disarray, right? It's not being cleaned regularly mm-hmm. there. People are not coming there for like joyful experiences and connection because now there's just like a big army there all the time. Yeah. It's like not very inviting. Um, you know, there's not the same type of um, maybe meals that are being prepared, like any of these things you might imagine happening. So it's starting to deteriorate. And this is basically what's happening to the body and the mind is the mm-hmm. limbic system's like, we are using all the resources we can. Yeah. The rest of you just have to figure it out. And this is why we start to see a deterioration in the condition of our bodies.